You're listening to the Leadership Jam Session Podcast, the place where you'll get to hear leaders at all levels of management share their practical solutions to the management challenge you face every day. So let's give it a jam. I'm your host, Rob Fonte. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leadership Jam Session. Today's guest is Carmine Merlucci, a vice president of land development for one of the largest home building corporations in the nation, a Fortune 500 company as well. And Carmine comes to us with over 15 years of management experience, so I'm excited to have him on today's show. Carmine, welcome to the Leadership Jam Session. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. So I'm looking forward to our discussion today. So are you ready to jam? Absolutely. All right, so let's jump into this. What is the biggest challenge you face managing your team? I think it's it's managing expectations. Our portion of the... Um the process in, in home building is uh, is an upfront, big upfront cost, and we're looked at as uh, a necessary evil, and we're in the way of getting to the final outcome. And what we need to do is manage the expectations of the people that we're servicing to make sure they're aware of what's happening uh, on a daily basis and with the overall project so that they're able to move forward and give good information to their customers. So in, in land development, what, what, for my listeners, just to clarify, what you're responsible for is when it comes to home building and, uh, you know, you guys are the ones that your department anyway comes in, grades all the, the, the land, you're building the roads, putting the roads in, sidewalks, before any type of actual building can take place. Is that right? That's right. Yes, we're we're preparing the land so that they can build the homes. The uh, our our operations staff deals with the customers and they do the the vertical construction. So the upfront prep work is necessary for them in order to to start their homes and eventually deliver them to the the paying customer. So we spend a lot of money. We make a big mess uh, for the company. It's necessary, but. We're, we're seen as in the way. So it's our job to, to make sure that they're aware of where we are in the project so that they have good information that they can bring to their customers. So what's the biggest challenge you face in this process related to managing your, your people? Providing the information to the operations team, it's got to be presented the right way so that they can take that information and, and go to their customers with it. A lot of times, I'll, my managers will come to me and will review their work, and it's almost like we're marketing or, or working on our presentation skills, and it really has nothing to do with the technical aspects of the job. It's how the, the information is being transmitted and presented to the operations team. So I'll, oftentimes, they'll, they'll, I'll review their memos and reports to make sure that it's being presented properly. Now, a lot of people would sit back and say, well, sounds like you're micromanaging your team. It could be looked at that way to some degree. This isn't—it's not a, a policy where they have to run everything through me. We're there as a team, and I'm a resource for them. And I have some experience with this over the years. So, if there's questions on on how things need to be presented or just reviewed, so that uh, it's a second set of eyes to look at it, I'm I'm there for them. All right. So it sounds like you're really just trying to make sure. You're setting them up for success in terms of when they have to present to some of these key stakeholders. Is that right? Yeah. It's, um, I, w- I want to make sure that the information they're bringing to the table is, is viewed as important, that it's something that the 
operations team needs and that it's something that's useful so that they're looked at as as being an important part of this process and not just something that 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 we're in the way we're up front and we're a big cost that has no value to you mm-hmm. well you, you mentioned that you know when i asked you about how some would view that as as possibly micromanaging your team you said well it 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 could but it depends so what determines how much time you spend with each person on your team on on experience level it might be a a task that they haven't done before in land development every job is different just the nature of the job you're dealing with land and unknown what's underground so you might have experience with some some aspects of of the job and other times you might run into something you haven't seen so it it kind of deals with experience with a, a senior guy who's been around a little bit longer you know i'd have a little bit less involvement and with the junior guy, you know, he might ask me to take a look at his information and review it a little more often, and I might get into more detail with that. So it's, it's all dependent on experience. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, again, sounds like a classic situational leadership. I know my listeners has heard me talk about this on, on other episodes. Situational leadership, again, in, in my opinion, is kind of like the backbone of leadership. And in your example, it fits the, the concept perfectly. You're spending your time with your people, depending on the task and their level of experience with it. That's right. Playing to their, their strengths. So um, I'm there as a resource to them. I want them to succeed, and I'm going to give them the support that they need. I want to go back to what you said before about your department's role and responsibility. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there that are in similar departments where they are in the early stages of development of a specific deliverable. So I got to imagine for you, you have to manage a lot of key stakeholders, both internally and externally. I mean, being an effective leader isn't only about managing your people effectively. It's also about managing up and also managing key stakeholders internal, externally, and doing it very effectively. That's right. You, you have to manage pretty much in all directions, uh, you know, managing up, the uh, managing down uh, in, internal customers and and external uh, authorities I mean this reminds me of you know when I, when I first came on board uh, with this company you know I noticed that the the one hole one gap in the process it was a lack of communication so it was causing this gap in the process and there was a lot of unknown and uncertainty information that was provided to them wasn't looked at as being reliable because the entire process wasn't being communicated properly. So one of the things I had done is I had implemented production meetings and based on this, the state of the project, where it was in the process of the development process is how often you would have these meetings. If we were first starting out and there was a lot of activity on our end, we would have a weekly meeting and we'd have formal minutes and notes. So I come across this a lot where I have a lot of people tell me that that these these weekly meetings, biweekly meetings, it's just another, it's, it's kind of like death by meetings. How did you overcome that? There are meetings where information is not provided that's necessary to the people that, that are in the meeting. So it's important that we present information that's going to help these other stakeholders do their job. That's important to them. There are a lot of moving parts as with any job, basically, but a lot of outside factors that impact um, our job, which in turn impacts the operations team. In land development, we're, again, we're an upfront, big cost, 
kind of in a way we don't make money, but our job is necessary for a company to make money. So on the operations team, they're dealing with the homeowners, the potential homeowners, the customers. They're the ones that are taking the check at the end of the day. My job impacts their job. And if I'm not transmitting the information properly to them, giving them what they need to know, they can't tell the end user, the customer, and that's going to affect customer satisfaction. So when we have these meetings, we make sure that we're informing them of any potential issues with the schedule. Are we ahead? Are we behind? If there's potential issues with the budget um, and other factors that might impact their job and what they're transmitting to the end user, that, that, that customer. Homes are a, a huge investment in people's lives, and they want to know when their home's going to be complete. And if I'm behind schedule by two weeks or a month, and I don't give that information to the, the operations team, and they can't transmit that information to that customer, they're going to be looking to close on their home, and it's not going to be ready. So there's major impacts if this information isn't transmitted properly. So in the beginning, there was, there was a gap, and the information that was being circulated wasn't necessarily considered uh, by the operations team as reliable because they didn't have all the facts. So that's what I was looking to close that gap and make sure that we're bringing important information to the table so that at the end of the day, they can do their job better. So it sounds like in the beginning, there probably wasn't a whole lot of trust when you were walking in trying to establish this. That's right. That's right. And that's why that goes back to presenting the information the right way. We were speaking about it a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. So uh, we want to make sure that the information is important and that it's being presented properly so that we're looked at as, as an important resource, as an important part of this process. It's all kind of tied in together, as you said, we were talking about before setting your people up. Sounds like you're really trying to set your people up for success, uh, reviewing all their work to make sure that they're viewed as a valuable resource within your organization. But also these meetings themselves, and for my listeners, I'll, I'll recap this, uh, in order to make these, these, I think you called it production meetings, successful and, and trying to get all your stakeholders to come to these meetings, you're taking the approach of making sure that the meeting is not so much for your benefit but it's making your stakeholders realize it's in their benefit. And so it's almost as if the information you're providing is satisfying their needs that makes them motivated to attend and be more engaged in these meetings. Is that right? That's right. It it gives them the ability to do their job better. They have the highest and best information at at the time so that they can go to the, the customer or the people they're dealing with and uh, they can make adjustments in their schedules and they can, you know, transmit accurate information to that end user, the customer. It's all about customer satisfaction. So if they're keeping the customer in a loop and aware of what's happening in the building process of one of their largest investments, that customer is going to be happy. Um, They might not necessarily be happy if the schedule slips, but at least they know and they can plan. Um, movers and if they're selling their home, the, you know, these are big factors that impact these people's lives. So if they're aware of what's happening early in the process, they can make adjustments. And at the end of the day, that should translate into better customer satisfaction, which, you know, will translate into better sales for our company. 
So by providing good information, information that your internal key stakeholders need in return is satisfying your internal customer satisfaction while it's also building trust and building credibility with your team and your department as a valuable resource. The other piece that's important with that, providing good information and keeping people in the loop, like we were just talking about, Mm -hmm. is, you know, not just customer satisfaction, but I mean, we're, we're a public company and we need to be predictable. So on the business aspect of it, we report numbers to Wall Street. So if um, that more accurate we are in our schedules and our budgets, the better the company's going to do financially. So I think that that's a big part of it, you know, not losing the, the business plan. It's, it's definitely about the customer, but it's also about making money and being a, a, a good company, you know, hitting your targets. And all of that revolves, you know, from the start of the job when you're first looking at a piece of property right through the end, there's a lot of hurdles that have to be overcome. And it's my job to make sure that it's as predictable as possible so that when we're reporting numbers to Wall Street, we're hitting those targets. And that's going to make the company perform better. From your overall approach, even though that you're you're like one of the initial stages of the process of the project of the deliverable, and you're not on the revenue driving side, and yet you have the foresight to understand that your team certainly does impact the bottom line. Absolutely, it would have a, a major impact. Um, again, we, you know, one is customer satisfaction and making sure that that. That stays high, and then on the business side, making sure that that we're hitting our numbers. And if if we're not communicating properly, all of that could fall apart. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an important lesson for the listeners out there because, again, as I said, there's many managers who are in departments that that are similar. You know, they may not be delivering the final product per se. They might be more on the front end. Maybe not viewed as the you know the revenue generating side and therefore the misperception that you're not as important but you know a, a good leader makes sure that through their actions they make all others realize how critical and how much value they bring to the bottom line and it sounds like that's exactly what what you're doing and what you implemented when you came in and took over this team again the communication and presenting it the right way so that that your stakeholders are um, understanding that that you are a valuable piece in the in the entire process, and that you impact the bottom line and customer satisfaction, even though you're just uh, looked at typically looked at as a big cost up front and in the way. So it's that that marketing that your yourself and our department, so that it's not looked at like it's in the way that we're an important piece of the puzzle to make this thing work. All right, I want to shift gears here and talk about. The housing market, the sector that, that you're in, and obviously, you know, we're, we're in a great economy right now, but that was not the case several years ago. And when the housing market crashed, that obviously had a significant negative impact in the home building industry. And I'm curious, because I know you, you went through that downturn, going through that, did that impact the way you lead teams today oh it absolutely did it was it's a a painful thing to go through uh it is part of the industry that i'm in 
and you know it's happened before and it, it, it's going to happen again and it definitely impacted the way i manage myself and my team i want to set up my team to be successful i want them to be looked at as the a team and when things start to turn and the market starts to go down i want the company the people that we're working with to look at my team and say they're the guys i want on my job they're, I want them to be the last man standing. So I'm going to try to give them as much information, um, get them involved in um, different parts of the process that they might not be involved in every day so that they have, they're, they're, they're fully rounded, completely rounded in, in the process and understand things from the acquisitions of the property portion right through building it and dedicating things to the town uh, or municipality at the end. So from cradle to grave, I want them to understand the land development process so that they're looked at as the A-team, and when things turn, that people want them around. To me, it sounds like that because of the experience you went through, and I'm sure there was a lot of restructuring and downsizing, and so your approach now is you're trying to make your team as diverse as possible, as marketable as possible, and setting them up in the best possible light in the event that the market takes a turn again, that your team might be the last one standing. That's right. In my previous company, it was another home builder, and I worked there during the uh, downturn in uh, the mid-2000s, and um, we had everything was very segmented. We had tons of overhead. So you had people handling individual pieces of the the entire process, so multiple departments with multiple people. And what had happened was the people that were able to contribute more and handle more pieces of that process were the ones that basically stayed and other people got let go. If you understand the process from beginning to end, you have a better chance of surviving in, in a downturn. Yeah, what I hear you saying is, and there seems to be this consistent theme within you, even going back to making sure your people are well prepared when they're presenting, uh, you're trying to make sure that you are protecting them and positioning them in the best possible light. So that way they're viewed as a valuable resource. The other thing is it, it also helps me, and, and now things are good. We're in a good economy. We're very busy. I'm, I'm delegating out some of these other tasks um, and getting assistance by my, my managers, who typically would just handle the construction portion of it, but I have them involved in, in the upfront planning, engineering, um, and, and other portions. As they're learning, they're also helping me um, do my job better. I think you bring up an excellent point. Uh, there are managers out there that just want to retain certain things because they want to be kept in the limelight because it's all about them. Leaders like yourself, not only are, are you giving them opportunities to learn more about the entire process, and perhaps it wouldn't be the task that they would normally do, but you're taking a very selfless approach in doing everything you can to not only protect them, but to stretch them, teach them, which also as a byproduct helps you because 
it gives you more time to do other things from a delegating standpoint. It's really a win-win all the way around. All right, we're almost out of time. So I have one more question for you. And thinking back to when you first became a manager, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? I made a, a huge mistake um, in my career. And I took somebody who was excellent at the work they were doing. They were uh, a field supervisor. And I promoted them to manager. They, they really didn't have the skill set that was necessary to become a manager. So I took them... I, I didn't understand their strengths completely. I seen them doing a great job um, and was looked at as, as a, a very good employee um, with what they were doing. And I put them in a situation where that they, they weren't going to succeed. They were excellent at the field work and just could not grasp the budgeting and administrative portion of what they would need to do to take that next step to become a manager. And that hurt that person, and and it hurt me. And I ended up overcompensating uh, for them and stepping in and handling some of those roles that they couldn't address. So it, it ended up hurting my production at work, and I took this person out of a situation um, where they were succeeding and put them in some place where that, that, that they were going to potentially fail. So understanding that the strengths and what people are really capable of really understanding, you know, kind of where they fit in. Um, I, I wish I, I had done that differently. And it's something that I've learned and I, I've, I've, you know, I, I keep that in mind anytime I'm interviewing and I'm hiring people or looking to promote somebody to make sure that, that they're not being set up for failure, that they're going to succeed. And I think that's great insight because for many of us, when we first become managers, we, we do make that mistake. You know, we don't realize individual skills that made us successful are different skills needed for the job, depending on the job that you're moving into. And I think that's something that, that we don't realize when we become managers. So that's great advice for, for my new managers out there listening in uh, to really take the time to understand the strengths of your people and whether or not they're ready for a promotion. Sounds like you, you approach it very differently now. That, that's correct. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but I want to thank you on behalf of my listeners for coming in and sharing your best practices and, and tips. I know my listeners will walk away with a lot of useful information. Thanks again, Carmine. Thanks, Rob. Thanks so much for listening in today. If you're enjoying the podcast, then click the subscribe button, leave a review, and I'll talk to you soon on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session Podcast.